Help I Got a Mac, podcast episode number 101. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Biting. We're here with a whole new set of uh, podcasts for you. Bringing you episode number 101, and we're going strong. We have a lot of wonderful things to talk about today. We've got some listener feedback, some questions, and uh, news, even about not just Steve Jobs, but fake Steve Jobs. Chris, you what's going love, on? What's going on? fake Steve Jobs. <laughs> fake, fake Steve Jobs. Tell me who fake Steve Jobs is, because... Uh, Dan Lyons, he's a former writer for Forbes, and uh, he's the guy that was doing fake Steve for a long time, and no one knew who it was, and... He, he brought fake Steve back, and uh, fake Steve's been really, really hard on AT&T lately. And uh, I, I urge people to do, do a Google search for fake Steve and, and go to it and read it. It's, it's littered with obscenities, but it's hilarious. And in this rant, he talked about doing something called Operation Chokehold. And um, what it's going to be is Friday, December 18th at noon Pacific time. Uh, he was telling everybody to overwhelm AT&T's data network by running a data-intensive app and leaving the app run for a solid hour. And uh, AT&T's come out and said it's you know not a good idea. It'll ruin their phone service, and then people who use it won't be able to make calls and stuff. So Fake Steve has told everybody to stand down. So I, I don't know. I, part of me was like, yeah, let's show them. And then the other part of me is like, yeah, this, I mean, this might not be that good. This might you know hurt people who really need the phone for something critical like an accident or... Yeah, or something like that. So, um, that's crazy. I don't know. Now he's telling people to form flash mobs outside of AT and T stores and put duct tape over their mouths, which isn't nearly as cool. That is, I don't know. That is actually kind of cool. So, fake Steve Jobs <laughs> telling everybody to bring AT and T's network down, which really is almost like a, a distributed denial of service attack. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is is that that doesn't sound like a good thing at all? I mean, I mean, who is this guy to sit there and and propose you know anarchy in such a way? You know, I don't yeah. know. That that just seems irresponsible. But I, I like the flash mobbing with uh, with duct tape over your mouth that you can't talk. Yeah, exactly. That that one I like. So. <laughs> I think that would get an. I, I think that would get enough publicity and attention if if it, if enough people did it. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, I think so too. So, what else is going on? Anything? Anything going on in the official world world of Apple at all? Uh, nothing like officially been announced. You know, it's it's pretty quiet right now in Cupertino. Okay, um, they're getting ready for the tablet or or whatever now. Um, Pretty much uh, nothing really, really going on as far as you know official Apple news. There's, um, you know, uh, the, people are talking about you know the most popular free apps of 2009 since we're coming near the end of the year. And uh, Lifehackers put uh, together their list of the 15 most popular Mac apps of 2009. And uh, these are not iPhone apps; these are Mac OS 10 apps. So I, I thought we could really go through these real quick and, and see what we what we feel like. Sure, uh, these are. Uh, the first one's called Magnifique, which we've never talked about. And what it is, it's a free uh, piece of software. It's a theme switcher uh, for Leopard. So you can kind of make your windows and stuff look a little different. Oh, okay. Of course, yeah. So Now, will that, is it for Snow Leopard or is, can it work on Leopard? Uh, it looks like it's just Leopard. Okay. But it will so, work on the new one as well. Yeah. Awesome. So it's Magnifique. The next one is Picasa for Mac. 
and uh, Picasso for Mac. If 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 you don't like iPhoto, Picasso is a pretty cool solution. Uh, it's made by Google. Uh, it lets you do photo management and things like that. You make books and all sorts of stuff. So it syncs it all to the web for you as well. Correct. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and that's a free app. And is is Picasso storing your stuff online? Is that free? Yeah, you get a certain amount of storage for free, and then you can buy extra storage from from Google. What it does is it uses the same um, account storage as your Gmail. Okay. So you get like seven or eight gigs for free from from Google, but you can go all the way up to a terabyte um, from Google for storage. Gotcha. Now, so yeah, it stores up the cloud, which is good because you know if you lose your software, you know if you lose your pictures or your hard drive crashes or something like that, you always have it. The question I have then, um, will it also sync with Flickr? Uh, you, you know what? I've never used it I with wonder. Flickr. If anybody knows that, I, I would love to know. Just this, just my own personal interest. My Flickr Pro account j- is getting ready to expire or renew. I'm, I'm, and I'm not sure which way I'm going to go. I haven't uploaded any photo- photos there in quite some time. And, my wife uh, uses Flickr Pro constantly we've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of photos up there i've got thousands of photos there but i'm just not i mean i'm not sure that i really find myself ever browsing through them very often so i look at it as a way of just storing them on there in case something disastrous happens and for me 25 bucks a year yeah peace of mind yeah i mean well the thing is is that um they one of the things that i did read through the faq when they asked me to renew is like you know what happens to my stuff they have an FAQ and it's like, what happens to myself if, if I don't renew? And it says, don't worry, we don't delete anything. It's all available. And in, at any point in the future that you upgrade to Pro, they immediately become available to you. The high-res versions and all your sets and collections, it, it's all re- preserved for you. So it's kind of like oh, a, that's, that's good, a yeah. cryogenic chamber. You know, you can just <laughs> kind of freeze everything for a while and, and unthaw it later. Exactly. Cryogenic chamber. That's right. <laughs> so I, I, th- I think I'm going all cryogenic on my Flickr account for a while. That that sounds good. Yep. Uh, the the next one is uh, Double Twist, and we've talked about this before. Um, if you've got an Android phone, a PSP, uh, Windows phone, a- any kind of mobile device that can that can play music, play MP3s and stuff on. Uh, Double Twist will look at your iTunes library and allow you to sync your media to your device of your choice. Now, it will, but it won't do that. It won't do that with all your burned CDs, though, right? What do you mean? I, I, I'm, I'm misunderstanding. So, so it, what does Double Twist do? Is it an iPhone application, or does it, it no, stream it, it? it? No, no, no. Um, it looks at your iTunes library. Okay. And allows you to sync music and stuff from your iTunes library, the, the non-DRM stuff, uh, from your iTunes library over to your Android phone or your PSP or your Windows mobile phone or your Symbian phone. Okay. So if you bought that Droid and you're, you're wondering how do you get your music onto the Droid on your Mac, uh, you download Double Twist and use that. It also has oh. a built-in. Yeah, it also has the Amazon MP3 store built in, so you can buy new songs and stuff from. S- Double twist. That makes sense. So this is the question, you know, how, you know, like the Palm Pre for the longest time, and they may still do it. I don't know. They they had a way that you could sync your music from iTunes over to your Palm Pre. Um, yeah. But double yeah. twist. Let's just say if they broke that functionality, that's what double twist does. It allows you to take your library in iTunes and sync it over. Is that right? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It, it it'll see your playlists and everything. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So what's next? Um, on the, the next list. one. 
Thunderbird. Thunderbird is like Firefox, but it's the mail application, correct? Yeah, it is. It's made from, excuse me, it's made from Mozilla. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an email application. So if you don't like Apple Mail and you don't have Office, you don't have Entourage, which is terrible anyway, uh, download Thunderbird and give it a whirl. And I encourage people to just, if you have a Mac and you don't like the mail application, I encourage you to just go straight to Gmail uh, or Google Apps even. Uh, it, it's yeah, that unbelievable. Too. All mail right. mail plane's another good add-on, but it costs money. So yeah. All right. Uh, the next one is Google Chrome. Google Chrome for Mac is Which relatively I new. Use and love, love, love. I have not had very much uh, affection for for Google Chrome. Although I do know now that you can turn off those those thumbnails of all those things. But like when you open a new tab. Instead of right. it showing you, you know, hey, here's the nine things that you open most frequently, uh, there is a way to turn that off. And I noticed on Stephanie's computer they have themes, uh, but I'm wondering, um, my, my Google Chrome, for some reason I couldn't figure out how to turn the themes on. So, But honestly, it's, just, it's not because it's not easy to figure out. It's just that I haven't had enough interest to really you know, <laughs> dig in there and figure out how to do it. Yeah. But you like Chrome then? I, yeah, I like it a lot. Um, I heard that they've introduced the ability to do plugins. Do you think those plugins are that that are most important to us on Firefox are going to get ported over? I would hope so. Uh, I, I would, you know, I, I would think they would. Do they have X marks yet? Uh, they had a yeah beta of X marks. Okay. See yeah. if they get now X marks is one of the biggest things that I use, but also I need ad I need adblock plus. Uh, I think AdBlocker is out for it. I don't know if AdBlock Plus is, but I know AdBlock is. Yeah, I want AdBlock Plus. Um, and then, of course, um, you know, of course, I'm not sure how often I use my PayPal plugin. You know, do, do you use PayPal at all? I used to, but I, I when I switched to bank accounts, I didn't update it. So yeah, I, I use PayPal quite a bit to pay for things because I have a PayPal debit card. Oh, uh, that's cool. And um, what's neat is when I do online transactions. I use the PayPal plugin, and what it does is it generates a one-time use only uh, debit card number, and and I can do this anywhere. In fact, I could just generate a number and say here here's the number, here's the expiration date, here's the three-digit code on the back, and I can do that and pay somebody by phone. And what's neat is that that can be used one time, and if somebody was to like write all that information down and then go and try to buy stuff later, it won't work. That's cool, man. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, it's not a Mac thing, but it's a. But if you do have PayPal and you do have Firefox, both on the Mac or PC, uh, it's a really neat plugin. Actually, you know what? I should. I, I I shouldn't definitely say that it's even available on the Mac because I don't know. I use a PC most of the time. <sighs> this. How great is that? <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> anyway, we'll move in right along. Go ahead. Uh, Pwnage tool or Quick Pone. Uh, it's a jailbreak your phone, which really. That that is something that, that that I want to talk about just yes. for a second. It's derail. Um, Apple is now allowed the use of uh, a previously undocumented API that allowed you to grab live images of your camera, um, essentially allowing you to grab video. Yeah, um, on on all phones, and we've been seeing uh, applications come out that use this undocumented private API, um, like UStream. You know, you can broadcast video now uh, yeah. live from every phone and even record it into the buffer uh, on the phone. And Apple has come out publicly and said, we're going to allow everybody to use this API. It's, it's cool in the gang. Um, 
in the future, we're probably going to come out with a public version of it, and everybody will have to switch to that. But go for it. Have fun. Live video on the phone. What up? It is amazing. So Stephanie has the iPhone 3GS, which the only functionality that she has that is, you know, well, actually, okay, there, she's got a faster phone. I'll, I'll give her that. But, uh, you know, the functionality, though, of recording video is something that I would have loved to have had. And it's something that I'd have to jailbreak my phone to be able to do it. But then it was only, you know, the quick service, the QIK.com, I believe it is. Right, right. And I didn't like their service at all. And so, but Ustream came out with a version, like, I think you had told me about it last week. Yeah. It is amazing. That's yeah, uh, great, isn't it? The audio quality is phenomenal. The video quality is uh, decent. And I bet you, here's the deal. If I was well lit, if I went outside and I had the iPhone on like a tripod, and, and how would you get it on a tripod? Well, um, I have some mic stands that uh stand up pretty high and i have mic clips that actually are clips instead of like the standard mic holder and so i could actually clip the iphone in in a position in such a way that it'd be just like having a camera on a tripod i guarantee if i was outside and well lit i would be able to create a video that would look just as great and sound just as great as any point and shoot and i could be streaming it live to people all over the world it is amazing. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? It is. It is very cool. And I do that for my iPhone 3G. And so, it, yeah. And I love the fact that it will do it. It will record it locally and all that other stuff. So uh, that is very cool. And, and, and it is another reason why I no longer have this desire to ever jailbreak my phone. Not that I had a desire anymore anyway. But. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. It's getting to the point that it's like, uh, background applications are the only thing that that are making me kind of want to keep jailbreaking it, but yeah, I, I couldn't imagine at this point, I, my iPhone three G is so slow and sluggish now, uh, with all the stuff that I'm putting it under, you know, all these, all the new apps that are coming out, all the great stuff, you know, they're really, uh, taking advantage of the, um, you know, the new processor and the three GS and stuff and, and, and the new processor mm. and some of the iPod touches. So they're building more intensive apps and it's slowing the, you know, it, it's, it's starting to make the iPhone three G, you know, feel like molasses. Yeah, and, I, I agree. It's starting to get a little slow. Yeah. So I, of course I'm, I'm interested to see what will happen in June. I'm, I'd still be interested to see, uh, how two of us Mac lovers, uh, and Apple lovers are going to, what we're going to be doing in June of this coming year when, when it's time for us to upgrade. Are, That's a good question. Are we going to go to the next iPhone, assuming that there will be one? And, I'm sure there will be one. Or are we going to go Android? And I saw a tweet. Somebody sent out a tweet yesterday. It says, you know, I'm just so, sorry. There's there's one experience that I, iPhone owners just cannot claim to have anymore, and that is to be on the cutting edge of the technology when it comes to mobile phone computing or smartphone commuting. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Google Google comes out fast and furious with their updates, and uh, it's bleeding edge, uh, which you know is good and bad. It, it, sometimes your stability probably will be compromised, but um, if you're a, if you're a techie geeky guy yeah. or gal, um, the Android might be the way to go because it's a tinker phone almost. Yeah. Well, you know, knowing that Facebook is ported over, knowing that there are some. Um, there are some Twitter apps out there. There are, there are all the things that you would need 
to to have on your phone. I think all of that's available on the Android. The one thing I will say though is that you know Android can be on the bleeding edge, but in June, I'm, I have no doubt that there's going to be that you know that Apple's going to see this and they're going to say, okay, well let's. I, I think they have purposely been holding back functionality from us so that when um, so that when it comes June, they will definitely be able to say, okay, here here's the next thing to wow you. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens now that Google's Android's kind of coming into its own. There's a lot of buzz now about their their new Nexus One phone, um, which they handed out to all the Google employees um, last week. And uh, there's all sorts of crazy rumors that that Google's going to sell this phone unsubsidized, no uh, no carrier. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, it'll be like you know 500 bucks. But then I'm also hearing that Google's going to you know, suck it up and offer the phone for one ninety nine, still unsubsidized, but they're going to take a hit uh, with the thought that that they're, uh, they're going to advertise. More, yeah, that's more ad revenue. And I, I posed the question yesterday on Twitter, and no one really answered me back. Is if you were able to get an unlocked phone from Google, uh, you know, with the, the requirement that you have to use your, your a Gmail account, and you'll see ads every once in a while, you know, on a bar above or below what you're doing, would you take one? And uh, I would in a heartbeat. I would not. See, I don't, I don't mind ads. I, I, I already see ads on my iPhone, so it doesn't really matter to me. I would not, and let me tell you why. It's not because I'm a, a, opposed to advertising, because I'm not. I am not opposed to advertising at all. But the screen real estate on a phone is so small that I do not want to ever, I don't ever want to give away that much space on a screen that small. Well, it, I'm not saying it all the time. It's no. like if you're browsing the web, you know, you'll see a little pop up come up and then it'll go away. When I'm if I'm browsing the web, there's only and and trust me, I don't browse the web very often on my phone. But when I browse the web, I'm always looking to see how much how what's the best way to fit this on the screen. For example, um, Tweety the the Tweety Twitter application. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, Tweety Two's probably got the up upgrade and update for this but uh i I don't use tweety too but uh, the original tweety application if i click on a link that takes me and it opens up safari inside the application um if if i go to turn it sideways it doesn't it doesn't flip and sometimes it makes it difficult on that tiny screen to see the text if i whereas if it was in safari i could flip it over and it and it justifies it out to the end and therefore makes the text a little bit readable a little bit more readable but yet i can still see the entire lines i you know and 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 i can only get so many lines of text even in that mode and mm. and to even for even for 5 seconds for an ad to pull up while i'm browsing the web no way absolutely yes not. see i i i fall into the line that i don't i wouldn't mind it yeah. I'd I'd rather spend an extra three hundred dollars. Well, first of all, I'm not going to buy an unsubs, unsubsidized phone anyway. Um, when I can get one for free, or you know, darn near free. Um, See, that that's a U.S. only thing. A lot of people in Europe and Asia are used to buying unsubsidized phones. Uh, we've kind of been spoiled with the whole subsidy. I I'm kind of getting to the point that I don't want to have a contract. You know, I I want I want the ability to to jump to whoever's going to give me the best service. And right now I'm shackled by AT&T for the next you know, year when I could jump over to T-Mobile who just released their 3G network in, in, in Cincinnati or, AT, or uh, Cincinnati Bell who's got uh, really, some really nice plans where you get your, if you have their DSL service and you have their phone, you get data for free on your phone because they say why pay for data price you yeah. know, twice. So 
personally, yeah, if I could swing, if I could swing the money, I, I would, I would get an unsubsidized phone that I could go and take everywhere. Well, I, I'll tell you what, if, if the unsubsidized, okay, here's the deal. If the unsubsidized phone was 199 and there was no advertising, I'd buy it. But getting it, but paying $199 for an unsubsidized phone and having advertising, no way. Well, it would be subsidized by the ad. It, it, Google would have to make money. For one ninety nine, they're going to lose money. Uh, you know, they've got enough money in the coffers. No, that, but that's what I'm saying. I, yeah, where where would they make their? Uh, if if they wanted to just be dominant, they would sell it at a loss. But I'm trying to figure out how they would recoup that money. Well, I, there's there's no no doubt that they could do it. I mean, there, there's there are ways, and I, I I just don't know that advertising and and man, you know, forced ads are the way to do it to, now having applications that i don't know i that's that's an interesting thing but here's the deal the the whole conversation is google is is doing some things in the market which to me to be honest with you i'm i'm still leaning towards the iphone you know i not Mm. i i have no desire to have a 3gs i mean it's it's absolutely too too far down the road now and too close to the next one that there's no way i could ever dream of wanting a 3gs at this point um, I, I can live with my 3G until the next iPhone comes out. And when the next iPhone comes out, and sure, Android's going to have some great stuff and they're going to make some wonderful strides in the applications. The fact is, is when a new, when a new web startup comes up, you know, the next Web 2.0 or whatever they're calling them these days, uh, you know, like oh, Hootsuite is amazing. You know, it's it doesn't. There, it's like, hey, iPhone app coming soon. It, it didn't say Android app coming soon. iPhone app coming soon. It's, That's true. The applications are going to be on the iPhone first. Exactly. It, it, it's it's so yeah. I'm when it comes to being on bleeding edge, I'm always bleeding edge on web apps. And when people are start when they're a brand new company and they're bleeding edge and they have an awesome product or service. Nine times out of ten, if they're working on a mobile device platform, they're saying iPhone app coming soon. Yeah, it's like Windows. Yeah, when you develop a piece of software, you want to hit the most users first. What do you do? You develop for Windows. Exactly. Now, I don't so. think it's always going to be that way. I, I, I believe, I really do believe that Google um, came late into the game. Had Google launched the, you know, the Android stuff at the same time as the the iPhone. Dude, Google would be way beyond the iPhone today. Way yeah. beyond. But they were they were they were really late to the game. They really let them get that app store up and running. And and that that was that was a bad thing. But I don't but here's the deal. Uh, you know, Android I believe they're going to do it slow, they're going to do it steady, but eventually the open platform is going to win. That's the uh, that's Android. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the fact that I can go to a website and just download an app and run it is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, the, the rest of the software on that list is, is lame, and we've already kind of gone off that topic. So Sounds let's, good. Let's get, let's get some feedback. Let's get some feedback. We got Chef Mark who had called in, and this is what Chef Mark had to say. Hey, guys. It's Chef Mark here, and I have a uh, comment question for Help, I Got a Mac. And uh, happy anniversary, well, happy fourth anniversary for GSPN and happy 100th show, 101th show, I guess now, for Help I Got a Mac. So here's my question for Chris. Um, I recently had my, uh, my logic board replaced, and that was a great experience with uh, Apple Care. They're really wonderful. Actually happened the, the night before Black Friday, and I was able to go in and actually 
at the, the, the flagship Fifth Avenue store in New York City that was completely deluged with people buying on Black Friday. They took my computer in and luckily had one there on site and were able to actually replace it that night. So I, I can't say enough about the wonderful people there and Mark uh, who was the Apple genius who took care of me was amazing. Um, but uh, interestingly enough, just the other day I had this thing happen, and it's happened twice now, where when the Mac has gone completely to sleep and then you try to wake it up, it wakes up, but then the touchpad and the keyboard aren't responding. Uh, the, the USB mouse that was attached, however, would and would move the cursor, but the touchpad wouldn't, so I just had to reboot. Uh, and uh, <laughs> makes it, it feels like a, back in the old days when I was using a PC. So just wondering if, if you had a reasoning for that or, uh, or a fix for that. Um, obviously, you know, restarting fixed it, but I'm curious as to why something like that would happen. So thanks a lot, and talk to you later. Wow. I've, that's interesting. Uh, I don't know why it would be happening. I, I would obviously take it back to the Apple Store and let them know. Um, you can reboot, and I, I know you could do this on new ones. I don't know if you do it on the new Glass trackpad i'm sure you can uh you can essentially reboot the trackpad by laying your whole palm over on on top of the trackpad for like five seconds and that'll kind of reboot the the touchpad really yeah how, how interesting is that what yeah, about but, but nothing for the keyboard though no but that that they're, they're all kind of connected to each other so that might fix that too yeah i, I mean it doesn't hurt to give it a shot uh, but I would definitely take it back to the Apple Store. Maybe there's some kind of loose connection uh, from the motherboard to uh, the the top case or something. Yeah, that that doesn't sound like it's something that's supposed to happen. So I, I think they they might have forgot to plug something back in on the logic board. So all right, I would give give both of those a shot. All right, let's go to our next call and uh, see what they have hey to say. Hey, everybody, Chris K here with my weekly app review. Oh, cool, Chris. Before K. I get started, just like to send a message out to anybody in the market for a GPS that TomTom Tom has released the United States only version of their GPS app. It's forty nine ninety nine in the App Store between now and December twenty eighth. So if you were thinking of getting a GPS, you might want to check that one out too. Now for my app this week. I was toying with the idea of download of downloading and reviewing the Notre Dame Central app just as a tribute to all the UC fans out there, but I figured that'd be a little bit too cruel. So the app I'm going to review this week is the Internet Movie Database app. I'm sure almost everyone has used the Internet Movie Database before on the internet, so you'll be you'll be pretty familiar with this one. It has all the same features like you can. You can type in an actor's name and see the list of all the movies they're in. You can see the IMDb top 250 movies of all time, just like on their website. You have access to different tr- things of trivia about each movie. And a lot of movie has the famous memorable quotes from the movie you can read. And it also shows the, the goofs and continuity errors that took place in the movie. But the one, the thing that I really like about this, and this is why this the IMDb app is replaced now playing on my phone, it does a very good job at a, at showing you movie show times, and I've tried it, and it, to me it seems they load in faster than now playing ever did. Like I mean, you open up the show times, you can see what you can look at the movies and see like all the locations where it's playing in the show times. Or you can go by theater and see what all the movies are playing there in the showtimes. And you can, for theaters, you can use the GPS to show you where the nearest theater is, or you can type in a specific zip code. 
as I said, the only and the only thing that the IMDb app doesn't do that now playing can do is you can't you can't order tickets. But none of the movie theaters I ever go to can, has that feature anyway, so I'm not missing anything on there. So anyway, it's a free app in the App Store. It's really useful, and I would check it out. Thanks. Chris, man, I tell you, uh, I thank you for providing us the app review of the week because uh, I will tell you, this is the second time that I've actually gone and caught an app as you know as a direct result of this. I loved IMDb uh, data, you know, the IMDb application. It is free, and what's ama- what I like about it is we do TV show fan podcasts, and um, it it actually has a great. Um, up-to-date information about the most recent episodes like for example i know the i can go in and find the first three episode titles of season six of lost and it already has the date of the first and the second episode already written in there so you know what it is so and so that information is out it's available and and it's consistently up to date so i really like that yeah i need to download that now he mentioned something about Tom Tom, U.S. only for forty nine dollars. That's that's a much better price than the original ninety nine dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say something that I haven't brought up here, but uh, I've kind of given up on one piece of functionality in my iPhone three G, and that is the GPS. My my GPS no longer works at all. Really? Yeah. I, I now when I say at all, I, I mean it's 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 never reliable enough. It's it's so unreliable that. I won't even bother using an app that requires it. Um, Man, mine mine is a hundred percent, dude. I, I tell you, I reboot my phone. I have because I have RunKeeper Pro. You know, I paid extra money to get RunKeeper Pro so I can go out and start running and tracking my runs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it keeps saying, "Cannot f- find your current location. Try again. Try again." And then I go to the you know the Google Maps or whatever is on there, the Maps application. And I click the little circle to to locate where I'm at, and it just keeps bouncing and bouncing and bouncing. And you know, I, sometimes what I have to do is I have to try to get that on and off, on and off a couple times. It, it takes me about five minutes to secure a poor uh, reception, and I'm talking about being out plain daylight, you know, cl- wow. sunny, sunny skies, everything. And yeah, mine because I I use an app called Goala which is kind of like Foursquare, but way better. Okay. And I recommend everybody to download it and become my friend on Gowalla. There you go. And uh, yeah, I'll be in my kitchen and it'll say exactly where I am, you know, or I'll be out and about and it'll, it'll, it's, it, I used it last night and it was spot on. Yeah. Well, I, I really wish my GPS was working uh, so that I could actually do, you know, I could go out and run or track my walks and stuff like that and know the, because RunKeeper Pro now calculates your calories as you're going. Oh, that's cool. And it, it's amazing. And I love it. But it, it's inaccurate. And, and not only that, most of the time, you know, I, I go out. I want to go out for, you know, a 15-minute run, right? Well, mm-hmm. when you walk out the door and you fiddle for seven minutes to get a GPS location, you've just wasted half your time. It's ridiculous. Anyway, a- I, I'm a little frustrated with that. So Sounds like it. And, of course, my phone's out of warranty now, so there's nothing I can do about it until June. <laughs> Anyway, Frank's got a call for us, and uh, this was actually for me personally, and uh, you know he didn't intend for it to be in Help I Got a Mac, but I'm putting it here. I I know Frank well enough that he's not going to mind, especially since I actually took away his email address and phone number out of the end of the call, but uh, here's the question that Frank had. Hey, Cliff, it's Frank. I have a question, which you probably have a real simple answer to. I 
I want to record um, with my daughter, my young daughter, my, my nine-year-old. We, we sing songs and stuff and like to save them as MP3 files um, in iTunes. And, and just nothing, nothing, nothing high-tech, nothing super high-quality. Uh, I've got a, a microphone and, uh, you know, that I plug into my Mac. I've got a, a Mac um, a PowerBook. And um, I used to have a program called, um, called um, oh, my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Um, oh, it was called Wiretap. Wiretap, W-I-R-E-T-A-P. Okay, and it was a free thing, and basically I just recorded into the Mac and into the microphone, and boom, it turned it into an MP3 file. I saved it, and that was done. Um, now they don't have that anymore. They have Wiretap Pro, which is just way more complicated than I want, and it costs money and everything. I'm just wondering, is there some simple program? I've never been able to get GarageBand to work. It's just too complicated for me unless there's something simple that I'm missing. But is there some program that you could think of that I could use to just record simple audio into my Mac PowerBook that I want to turn into an MP3 file? I'm not concerned about super high quality, um, you know, uh, for this uh, this purpose. This is just to save, for the, you know, for the future of me and my young daughter singing. So, crazy question. Thanks a lot, Cliff. Uh, talk to you soon. Bye. Frank, uh, thank you for your call. And uh, the, here's the deal. I've already responded to him, and, and here was my advice. And, and I'd love to hear what you think about this, Chris. But mm-hmm. in my opinion, what I said is is that, first of all, I know Frank well enough to know that he has an iPhone. So... My suggestion is forgo recording into the built-in microphone on your MacBook because uh, the built-in uh, microphone on your MacBook, it'll capture your audio from you and your daughter singing, but it's also going to capture the sound of the fan and all the other room ambient noise. It, it, it's, mm-hmm. it, you know, but to answer your question, there are a lot of free recording apps out there that will allow you to do this. Um, now, Richard in the chat room, he's saying Total Recorder is free. Uh, so that that I'm not sure if that's a. I would assume that maybe that's a uh, a Mac application. But what I suggested instead, knowing that he has an iPhone, and in fact, I believe he has a. Well, he may have a 3GS even, but it doesn't matter. 3G, 3GS doesn't matter. There are a ton of applications on the iPhone that you can use for free to record audio one of which by the way everybody has now if you have the most recent up-to-date version of the software uh which is voice memo you know the voice memo application Mm -hmm. yeah and all you do and and especially it couldn't be easier because once you set it up and if you plug your iphone in there'll be settings you know if you go to itunes there are settings for your iphone when you're syncing and one of the options i think under music it might be there'll be a tab that says sync voice memos question mark and you want to make sure that that's checked and all you have to do is is basically click record on voice memo app and hold the phone out in front of the two of you guys the the iPhone microphone is going to sound terrific it's going to sound great and uh and and you could probably get into a quieter environment away from your computer and then you just hit you, you just hit stop, and when you hit stop, you don't have to do anything else. The next time you sync your iPhone, those voice memos automatically going into iTunes. And then what you do is you go into iTunes under settings, and you'll see an option. You'll see information in there. I think it's on the under the general tab where you have import options for for when you're importing 
MP, uh, uh, CDs and you're converting them to MP3 or it's probably set up for AIFF or ACC for Erst. Um, but anyway, just change the import settings to MP3, let's say good quality, which is I think 128 kilobits per second. And then once you have those, save those settings, then click on the voice memo in your library and right, actually you want to right click on it and then click convert to MP3 and then you've got mm-hmm. it. That's what I would do. Very cool. Anyway, folks, that is our show this week, episode 101 of Help I Got a Mac. We want to say thank you to all of our gspn.tv plus members. And uh, you guys are a huge blessing to us. We are celebrating four years in podcasting as of yesterday. It's a long time, man. It's ancient. I know. I know. It's amazing. And uh, it's been a huge blessing. And uh, just for those of you who are listening to Help I Got a Mac, I'm going to be promoting this. If you listen to multiple shows, you're going to hear this over and over and over and over again. But I encourage you to check out gspn.tv slash Dan Miller. I got to talk to somebody who I consider to be a hero personally, uh, somebody who's really helped me in some amazing ways as far as his books and podcasts and materials about how to do business in, in, and to really think about the way that you work. He wrote a book called 48 Days to the Work You Love. Uh, it's been a dream of mine to do an interview with Dan, and it was amazing. Yesterday, on our fourth anniversary, I, I got to spend an entire hour just having a great conversation with him. So uh, right now, as I'm recording, if you go to gspn.tv slash Dan Miller, it won't do anything for you. But uh, hopefully by the end of today, uh, for those of you listening in the podcast, if you go to gspn.tv slash Dan Miller, it will forward you to the most recent episode of Pursuing, or not Pursuing, but uh, Podcast Answer Man. So anyway, um, Chris, anything you want to share with anything exciting that you want to share for our folks to check out? Uh. Yeah, there's uh, people were asking about a, a better microphone for the iPhone, and uh, there is looking looking here that there's some inputs that you can get. Um, the Alesis Pro Track, it's high end, but um, that you can plug your iPhone or iPod into it. Uh, there's a company called Sonoma Wireworks that makes a four track recorder for the iPhone. Yeah, and if you go there, they'll they'll they have links and stuff to, to how to record higher quality audio on your on your phone. Yeah, I even have uh, professional grade equipment that will record into iPhones and and other stuff and uh, iPods and stuff. I I usually suggest if you're going to spend enough money to go out and do that, you might as well get yourself a de- dedicated digital audio recorder. But uh, and I'm looking at the Sonoma Wireworks site. If you go to it, SonomaWireworks.com, they got all sorts of really, really cool recording stuff for uh, the f- iPhone and the and the PC. Like if you're a musician, four track recording, instant drummer, Doppler, yeah. iPhone pad. I don't know. I'm gonna go look at this stuff and play with it. Awesome. Anyway, folks, check out uh, biting.org.org. B i or b e i t i n g dot o r g. Do you guys have a screencast uh, that you need done? He is the guru to do that for you, my friends. Puts well, it, or not? Sort of. <laughs> sort of. Is that changed already, or is it is it changing? It's changing. Okay. Um, More news I, on that I, to come. Yes, exactly. All right. We won't go any further. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, follow Chris on uh, Twitter, twitter.com slash biting, B-E-I-T-I-N-G. Follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash GSPN. Well, I'll talk to you all later. God bless. And join the community. Yeah.